Hello and welcome back to the Mindful Manager Podcast. My name is Art Burns and I'm your host. I'm really excited to be here with you and I'm really excited that you're joining me. Um, so yesterday I kind of maybe got a little ahead of myself <laughs> and so I wanted to like take a step back and kind of like go through this stuff from the beginning. Sometimes I get ahead of myself and I think about, you know, I get so excited with this stuff and I'm kind of imagining that everybody knows all the information already and, you know, all the basic information anyway and, and I can just kind of get into all the good stuff. So so let me take a step back and, and really talk about things from the beginning, okay? And I'm going to start with the definition of mindfulness. Now, this definition comes from a brilliant man named John Kabat-Zinn, an author, doctor, and um, and the person who, who runs or has been running the Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction Clinic um, in the University of uh, University of Massachusetts Hospital, and now in many, many other places around the country, around the world, I believe. Uh, but he's been doing it since 1979. So he is kind of considered one of the authorities on this stuff, on this scientific Western-based mindfulness. And so his, his definition is paying attention in a particular way, on purpose, in the present moment, non-judgmentally. Okay, now you don't have to memorize that. Um, it, it's, it is something that maybe you want to get familiar with, uh, but if you, if you start working with me, you're going to hear it plenty, so don't worry about memorizing it. Um, but it is nice to understand this because we can, sort of, um, we, can, we can sort of apply that definition to anything that we're doing throughout the day, and this becomes a way in which we can always be practicing, okay, and, and always be reinforcing the work that we're doing. But I'll get back to that in a minute. So um, one of the greatest uh, sort of visual representations of how mindfulness works in our brains and in our minds is uh, is to think of a snow globe okay so you go to the, the you take a trip to New York City for with your family and you you know maybe you live in New York City and take your out of town relatives to there when they're visiting and uh, you go to the Statue of Liberty and and um, and you you go into the gift shop of uh, of the Statue of Liberty and you pick up a snow globe right and when you you know you look and and all this the snow settled on the bottom and you can see the statue and the little you know, plastic boats and little plastic buildings and stuff in there. And so when you shake that thing up, right, the snow, the little white flakes just swirl all around that, that the inside of that dome or globe, and you can't see what's inside of it, right? It becomes obscured. It becomes uh, distorted. It becomes blocked, right? And if you were to keep walking around with that thing in your hand, you know, just the natural motion of your hand, you know, swinging back and forth, it's going to keep that snow swirling around and it's going to keep preventing you from being able to see that picture of the Statue of Liberty and the little boats and the little building and little Brooklyn Bridge and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, but it's only when you can set that globe down on a table and, and let it settle and let all that snow just not be agitated anymore and settle down to the bottom and then you can see that image come up clearly again okay so that is exactly what happens to us in our minds when we practice mindfulness all of us almost all of us are are in constant you know this swirl of 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 this swirling mass of of thoughts and emotions and and uh you know conflicts and resolutions and all the kind of stuff that we have going on in our brains and our minds 
cards all day long. It's very much like that snow globe. And and through mindfulness practices, okay, through a little bit of, of meditation and then through informal practices that, that enhance that meditation, what we do is we allow that snow to just settle down. And when we allow that snow, which is representative of our thoughts, to settle down, we can actually then see the contents of our of our mind. So the, the, the thoughts and the emotions and everything that we're having, we can see them clearly with high definition. And, and that's when the magic starts happening. Okay. Now, this is all based on, so, so now there's, there's two ways you can look at this. Now, first of all, like I could, you know, walk you through a guided meditation. And for those 10 to 20 minutes or whatever it is, you will reach a mindful state. Okay. The, the thoughts will settle down to the bottom and you will see this like, wow, I have this clarity. A lot of times people like, you know, they're like, I've never felt so relaxed and I've never felt so clear in my life, you know, as, as I do in this meditation, you know, um, and that is what we call a mindful state. Okay. And that's easily attainable. You can get there in, in 10 minutes. Like I said, I could walk you through a meditation. You can get that state in 10 minutes. Right. But then you know, you go on about your life, you get a call on your phone, you, you get an email, you, you go to an appointment and, and that state is gone, right? Now you're right back to where you were and all those thoughts are swirling around your head, right? So, so we can though, we can take that from a state to a trait, of our personality, meaning that it becomes something permanent. Okay. And it does that through, through basically through mental habits. Okay. We create a new mental habit, which creates a permanent trait within our brains and our minds to always be this way. Okay. Now the way that works is based on a, um, a quality of the brain called neuroplasticity. Okay. Um, so, you know, ultimately you can, um, you know, basically what, what that means is, is the neuroplasticity indicates that our brains are actually plastic. They are moldable. And until 1995, this was thought to be impossible. Right. And, and, and after 1995, there were a whole bunch of, um, of studies that were done and everything that's proved this to be true. I'm going to go into that tomorrow in a, in the next episode. So I'm not going to spend too much time on that right now here. You can listen to that tomorrow. It's really fascinating stuff and I'll give you lots of background information, but, but essentially what you're doing is you're changing changing the way your brain works in a very beneficial way to you. And ultimately what you're doing is you're, you're gaining control over the reactive part of your brain. Okay. So that, that, that part of your brain, that's about like the fight or flight, um, you know, and like the reactivity, right. You're, you're able to gain more of the, the power from the cortex of your brain, which is the, the part that's the thinking and the, the reasoning and the planning and, and, and less of that reactivity and that fight or flight and stuff. And again, I'll go into this tomorrow. It's very complicated. I won't take up too much time. Um, but, but in, in, in essence, this is something that we are able to um to to really control and and a lot of people don't believe that but but it's true okay and and I can again I'll show you through the scientific uh uh evidence but the best thing that you can do is just practice it and feel it happen and and it's really really wonderful so um essentially this all comes from from practice okay so um you know there's a great quote uh, by one of my mindfulness teachers that says, mindfulness cannot be learned. It can only be practiced. 
Okay, so and, and I, I take a little bit of exception because there is some learning involved because like I just told you something about the brain which you might not have known before, right? And I and I need to tell you about how to practice. I need to tell you why we do the certain practices. So there is a little bit of learning involved, but truly in order to make it something that is again a, a permanent trait and a mental habit for you in your life then it is all about practice, okay? And we do that practice um, in order to, to affect neuroplasticity in your brain. The practice must adhere to three main principles, okay? And those principles are frequency, intensity, and emotion, okay? And so, so what we do is we practice daily. We try to practice daily. And we do that with, you know, that's the frequency, doing it every day, right? As opposed to like, because if you only practice like, say, you know, twice a year over the course of 20 years, you're not really going to make much of a difference. I mean, it's not really going to change anything. You'll just keep getting that state twice a year and nothing will change permanently. But if you do it daily or maybe even three or four times a week, whatever it is with a, a frequency that, that's relatively high, you're going to then start to do this neuroplasticity. The second principle is is intensity, which means that, you know, you you need to do the practices, you know, with some level of intensity, meaning with presence, right? You can't just sort of be like, you know, like, oh, I thought about doing the practice today and and that should be enough. No, no, that's not enough. You need to like do the practice, right? And then finally, emotion. And emotion is where, you know, you can you invest in this as a as a thing that you you get excited about. Out, right, you, you know that these changes are coming and they're really beneficial, and you're really psyched for it. Right, that's an emotional uh, uh, investment in this. Right, and now emotions like if you ever know, if you ever realize that like the 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 things that you remember really well for for a long periods of time, especially, are things that happened that had an emotional uh, quotient to them. Right, so so like in other words, when when you have an experience in your life that has a, a either a very positive emotion. Uh, um, uh, but a very strong positive emotion or a very strong negative emotion associated with it, you're going to be more likely to remember that. Okay. And the same principle applies here. So if you are able to do that on a daily practice, they become mental habits. And then after about 40 to 50, 55 hours of practice, they become a permanent trait. Now, I'm just going to do the, the math for you real quick. Um, you know, but, but first, let me tell you the, 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 the types of practice that we're talking about. Okay? There's basically three main types of practice. The first is focused attention. The second is open awareness. And the third is kind intention, sometimes referred to as loving kindness. Okay? Now, um, these are three different practices. However, they can all be combined in one. I do a guided meditation, which, which touches on all three of these things so that, you know, if you just did that every time, you would be fine, right? Otherwise, there are different meditations that you can do for, you know, there's one for focused attention in which you're going to just focus on the sensation of your breath. Okay. Then there's an open awareness meditation in which you're going to focus on, you know, all of your senses and all the things coming through your senses. Right. And then there's kind intention or loving kindness intention, uh, loving kindness meditation, where you're going to meditate on 
on the benefit of others, okay? You're going to be wishing well to other people, okay? And trust me, these are all very important. I'm going to go into these. Actually, I went into these yesterday, so you should be kind of familiar with them. Um, and so, so, so the math breaks down pretty simply. Uh, I'm going to do it for you right now because you're listening and, and I don't want you to like fumble with your phone calculator here. But, but essentially we're talking about, let's, let's say about 50 hours, okay, of this practice for it to, if you do it, if 50 hours of this practice done with frequency, intensity, and emotion will after 50 or so hours become a permanent trait in your brain. Okay. And so basically if you were going to do 30 minutes a day, then you'd be done in about 14 weeks, right? If you're going to do 20 minutes a day, you're talking more like 21 weeks, right? Which is just short of six months. And if you're going to do only 10 minutes a day, you'll be done in, in just under a year, 45 weeks. So you'd be done like in, you know, eight months, nine months, something like that, right? And so, um, or 10 months rather, sorry. Um, so, so basically that's the timeline that we're talking about. Now, but however, what I do with my clients, and I would love to do this with you as well, is um, to, to supplement these formal practices with informal practice, right? The, which are little things we can do all day long, simply adding, just doing these things to the things, adding this to the things that you already do in your life, which just means doing things under that definition that John Kabat-Zinn mentioned, which is um, paying attention in the present moment non-judgmentally, on purpose in the present moment non-judgmentally. Okay, so so as long as you can do that with with anything you're doing, and, and I have a lot of great suggestions. So one of my favorite is dishes, right? While you're doing the dishes at night, you can be thinking about a great number of things, right? Or you could be focused on paying attention in the present moment, on purpose, non-judgmentally, right? So you could set the intention to stand there at the sink and really pay attention to what's going on. You're hearing the water. You're feeling the sponge in your hand. You're, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're watching the the amount of dirty dishes that are in the sink to empty. You know, you're and you're doing this all without judgment, right? You're not, you're not trying to do it any faster than you're able to do it. You're not trying to, you know, you're not thinking about like, wow, this stinks that I have to do the dishes tonight. Uh, it stinks that my spouse won't do them and it stinks that, you know, like that kind of stuff. Once you get into judgment, you're no longer being mindful because you're really no longer being present with it at that point, right? So, so again, applying the definition, paying attention on purpose in the present moment, non-judgmentally, right? And you can do that with the dishes. You can do that with uh, eating food. You can do that with walking through the office. You can do that on your morning commute. You can do it in the shower. You can do it any, just about any activity you have. And ultimately the idea is that every activity you have, you will do with paying attention on purpose in the present moment, non-judgmentally. And if you do that, then those timelines that I just, just uh, offered you are out the window in a big way because you really are going to just change that that paradigm completely and you could be you could have a permanent trait within a few weeks you know um, but the thing is that once you get into it you don't want to stop because it feels great you know um, and so so there's a couple of other informal things that I'll get into in another um, podcast or you know if you want to contact me I can tell you about them uh, but I don't want to take too much time here uh, one of the other things though that we do work with is journaling and if you don't journal already I really suggest you do now now these things that I just mentioned like 
like the dishes and the showering and the eating and the walking through the office, the morning commute, you know, you can start doing those today. Like there's nothing stopping you. And, and by doing those, even just doing those, eventually you're going to get the same effects as, as if you were doing the, the daily formal practice as well. Right. And so another thing that I like to add to people is, is journaling. Okay, so so at night you do a gratitude journal, which which just means writing down five things every night that you're grateful for in your life. Okay, now there's just one rule that I have with that is that you don't repeat things from one day to the next. And what that does is that forces you to kind of, you know, like get past that, like, you know, um, the easy stuff, right? The low hanging fruit, if you will. Right. So so like I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for my I'm grateful for my house. I'm grateful for my health. You know, those kind of things. They're very valued and you get them done in the first couple of days, but then you got to start digging for things. And that's when the magic happens. Um, and then the other journaling that we do is, is just, uh, based more on our emotions. Right. And I suggest that people do these, um, you know, it's like inquisitive prompted journaling that's, uh, mostly beneficial in the morning or any given time during the day. And, uh, again, I could go into the details of that on another uh, podcast. Uh, but essentially what we're talking about is, is doing these informal practices plus the journaling. It's, it's going to add a ton of effectiveness to the formal practice, you know, and, and they're really simple, right? So it's like, it's easy to do, right? So, um, you know, in this way, you know, if you do these informal things, then you don't have to like, think about like climbing up hill for six months or even a year of doing formal practice, right? It makes it a lot more palatable because it makes it a lot more sort of uh, reachable, if you will, right? And so, um, so again, it's, it's, you know, but these are, these are really low hanging fruit for, for all the benefits that you get out of it, right? I love that term low hanging fruit because that's the first thing you go for. And it's obviously all of you who are in business, you know about that term of low hanging fruit. Um, so, so the benefits that you do get out of this mindfulness are, are really amazing. So, so the first one that I like to tell people, especially people in business is that you will be able to calm your mind on demand. Okay. So, so picture a situation in your office where something's gone wrong, right? Which it always does. Right. And, and everybody's freaking out, right? You got people worrying about getting fired. You got people, you know, trying to, you know, stem the losses. You got all kinds of stuff going on. I'm sure you can picture some, you know, situation in, in your daily office life that's like this, right? So imagine that you alone can be the person who remains totally calm, totally level-headed, and the person who's coming up with the solutions, right? How much are people going to want to follow you when you do that, right? Or how much are people going to want to buy from you? People going to want to, you know, give you a raise. People are going to want to, whatever it is, right? And so, so again, this is all a product of mindfulness, okay? Um, another one is emotional intelligence, right? Emotional intelligence is essentially the ability to monitor your own and another person's emotions and to use that information information to, to guide your decision-making and your communication with that person for a better desired outcome. Okay. And that in business is everything. And <laughs> it's really, really important. So, uh, and again, that just comes naturally from the stuff that we're doing. Okay. Uh, another one is altruism. And, and altruism in the corporate world is a huge word right now, right? In fact, I mean, you know, there's, if you, if you go up and look up, uh, on, on YouTube or something like that, you know, you're, you're, you know, 
altruism in corporate America. You're going to see, you know, video after video after video about, uh, you know, presentations about this. So go and look and, and you're going to see how big a deal this is in, in the world of business right now. And so what I'm offering you through mindfulness or what mindfulness offers, it, offers to you is that you don't have to think about being altruistic. Right? It just becomes a habit and it becomes part of this neuroplasticity. You just become a more altruistic person. So it's automatic. It's not something you have to make an attempt at. It just happens. All right. Um, and then, uh, you know, and then the, the last and, and probably one of the most important things is the ability to focus. Now, I talked about this yesterday in the podcast. Like, this is a huge thing for business people, right? I mean, it's everything to be able to focus on what you're doing, right? And then at the same time, the ability to be more aware of yourself and your surroundings, right? These are huge, huge, huge benefits in whatever business you're in and whatever capacity in that business you hold. All right. And so, again, for these four things that I mentioned, which is, you know, like the real big ones, there, there's a ton of other benefits, obviously. But but uh, think about how easy it is and how simple it is to attain these hugely important benefits just by spending, you know, 20 minutes a day sitting in meditation and doing these little things around, you know, around your daily activities. It's, it's ridiculous how simple it is. And, and, and once people get into it, it's like the, the thing that I hear from most of my clients is, is A, what took me so long to do this? And B, why isn't everybody doing this? <laughs> and, it's, and it's true. And I can't answer those questions. Um, so, so, you know, listen, start today, right? Do these informal practices today and 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 you know and also another great thing to do is set intentions right so so when you wake up in the morning set the intention for how you want to do the day so you you know you 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 can say today i'm setting the intention to be more open or, or to listen more than i speak or um or or throughout the day you can say like i set the intention to every time the phone rings i'm going to take a deep breath i'm going to let it ring an extra ring i'm going to take a deep breath and i'm going to think about being open to whatever it is that comes on this phone call, you know, stuff like that. Doing that also is, is the, you know, again, a practice. If you do it with intensity, frequency, and emotion, it's going to have the same effect. All right. So, so start doing them and, and, and see how you feel after about a week. Right. And, uh, and I would be surprised if you didn't feel somewhat better and somewhat more calm and somewhat more in control of your own, you know, emotional state. And it's a beautiful thing when you get there, believe me. Uh, and then lastly, the thing you can do is keep listening to this podcast. Cause I'm going to be here every Monday through Friday, uh, giving you some more information and some more inspiration and hoping to, uh, to get people into this, this, way of living because again the thing that I hear from almost everybody I work with is why isn't everybody doing this because once you realize the benefits you're going to realize that that if everybody lived this way so many things in life would be so much easier to deal with. <laughs> All right. So, so anyway, folks, on that note, I've taken enough of your time and I thank you for spending this time with me and uh, I will be back tomorrow. And other than that, I wish you well, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye.